Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book three of the Nicomachean Ethics, Aristotle makes a very important distinction between what he calls the voluntary and the involuntary. In Greek, the hekousion and the akousion, coming from hekon and akon, meaning the same thing is applied to the person. A person is hekon when they willingly do something, when it's by their own decision or choice, when it's what they want to do, and akon when they're being, you know, forced to do it in some way, or it's, it's something that they don't want to do. So, for example, when you're sick and you start coughing, right, you may say, well, I don't really want to cough. I'm really sorry about that, but it's something that I can't help but do it. That would be an example of something involuntary, right? I poke you in the eye and you suddenly flinch and probably, you know, try to hit me. Well, that's probably involuntary as well in many respects. Now, why is this such an important distinction? Well, Aristotle says that the voluntary is what we hold people responsible for morally. So that is what we praise and blame, which is an important function in Aristotelian as well as other people's ethics. It's what we say is good or bad on the part of the person. Not just the action, but the person who is engaging in the action. Involuntary action, we let people slide. We say, well, you weren't really responsible for it. It's not your fault that it turned out badly. Or if it actually was good, we say, well, you weren't really intending to do the good, so you don't get any sort of reward or praise or anything like that. Although people claiming that the good that they did was involuntary is quite a bit more rare than the people claiming the bad that they did was involuntary. So how does Aristotle draw the line between these. There is a very broad distinction, and then we have to look at a few nuances to this as well. So voluntary action, according to Aristotle, is action that has its origin, its arche, its beginning point, its principle, you might say, in the agent, in the person who's doing it. So for example, I'm shooting these videos in part to help out my students and anybody else who wants to watch them. I'm the one who decided to shoot the videos. I set up the camera, I put the stuff on the chalkboard. It's clearly a voluntary action. Now, what would make it involuntary? Voluntary. Well, there's one other thing. We, we also have to know what the person is doing. They, they have to have some conception of what it is. It's intentional, right? What makes something involuntary? Aristotle talks about two main ways that things can, in fact, be involuntary. One of these is when the action is done out of compulsion. I do want to say that the way in which we talk about compulsion today is not quite what is meant here. Compulsion does not mean a strong desire to do something. It's rather outside force intervening. And we'll come back to that in just a moment. Ignorance is another thing that can lower or excuse a person from culpability, right? Lower the amount of culpability or, or excuse them entirely. And when somebody has to do something bad or suffer something bad out of compulsion, or ignorance, we generally don't say, oh, you know, stupid idiot, you had it coming to you. That would be if we thought it was voluntary. We generally feel sorry for them. We feel a sense of what Aristotle calls pity, and we're willing to cut them some slack, as we say. So Aristotle doesn't think that every type of ignorance gets us off the hook. Let's talk about the other ones that are a little bit more hazy. Aristotle talks about some actions as being 
Mixed actions. Are they voluntary? Are they involuntary? They seem to be kind of in the middle. But he doesn't say, well, it's just on a continuum and they're just in the middle. Rather, there is a mixture. There is an aspect to them that is voluntary and an aspect to them that is involuntary. This is really worth dwelling on. He talks about this in particular in relation to compulsion. So he says, there's some doubt about actions done through fear of a worse alternative. We're often placed in situations where we have to choose not just between, say, two goods and one has to be sacrificed to another, but sometimes which of the evils that we face are we going to avoid and which one are we going to endure? So he has examples like this. A tyrant having a man's parents and children in his power commands him to do something base, something ignoble. But when he, if he complies, their lives will be spared. If he refuses, they will be put to death. In a situation like that, Aristotle says, look, there's certain cases where we can call that just straight out compulsion. When, when you cause such a degree of fear that the ordinary person is not going to stand up to it, we excuse that. In a case like this, it is voluntary in a way because the person is choosing to do something in that situation. However, in a global sense, it's involuntary. They did not create that situation. It's actually the voluntary action of some other guy, the tyrant, who presumably, you know, could choose to do otherwise, who's placing the person in that situation. And we can think of all sorts of interesting examples that we'll, we'll come back to with respect to that in, in a moment. He says, somewhat similar case is when cargo is jettisoned in a storm. Apart from circumstances, no one voluntarily throws away his property, but to save his own life and that of his shipmates, any sane person would do so. So I'd say, in these circumstances, this is, in fact, the right thing to do, even though in other circumstances, it wouldn't be the right or even reasonable thing to do to just throw away your cargo. We might think, for example, uh, a situation that perhaps many of you have encountered, of uh, people going through, in the United States, TSA checkpoints. You're only allowed to bring certain things on, and if you happen to have brought something that can't go on, well, you have a couple choices. You can make a big fuss and then find yourself in handcuffs. You can say, uh, okay, I'm going to leave whatever that is there. You know, maybe try to bring in a bottle of water knowing that you can't have more than three fluid ounces, but you brought in a big bottle, and then they say, you can't have that. Or, you know, some shampoo, or all the sorts of things people get worked up about. In a certain sense, that's involuntary, right? The, the TSA didn't create that situation. Or the TSA created the situation. You didn't create that situation. In another sense, if you're choosing to fly, and you presumably can get the TSA guidelines ahead of time, that's the kind of ignorance that you're really culpable for. So notice how complicated this can get. The action is voluntary in a certain respect. You relinquish the water. The TSA is the larger system imposing some sort of constraint upon you, but you chose to enter into that. So the, the arcade, the beginning point of the action, really does, in a certain sense, lie with you. Now, Aristotle says about these, the actual deed in the cases in question is done voluntarily. The origin of the movement of the parts of the body instrumental to the act lies in the agent. The agent is actually given some scope for decision-making, for action, for initiating their own action, right? 
But, like he says here, they're involuntary apart from circumstances, for no one would choose to do any action, uh, any such action in and for itself. And Aristotle goes on and says, you know, there's cases where a person is actually praised for engaging in this sort of action when you throw them into a situation which they, they don't control, and then they choose to do something that is voluntary, although it's not something they would choose to do at the time. So he says, if it's the price of some great or noble object. But he says, there seem to be some acts which a man cannot be compelled to do, and really he ought to submit to the most terrible death, for example, you know, killing one's parents or something like that. But then he says, it's sometimes difficult to decide how far we ought to go in choosing to do a given act rather than suffer a given penalty, or enduring a given penalty rather than committing a given action. So that covers these mixed, or both voluntary and involuntary actions. You notice that we've got kind of a, not just a spectrum here, but a, a place where they come together. And then Aristotle also talks about some actions being non-voluntary. Now this is different than mixed actions. You could say that they're neither involuntary nor voluntary, there's something different, something neutral, something lacking in that. And what does he have as an example there? Ignorance, acts that are done in ignorance that a person doesn't, like he says, feel pain about after having done them or feel a sense of regret. So things that you do that don't really have any negative consequences, you would have done them differently if you had known, but it's not a big deal, right? You don't feel bad about it afterwards and, and regret that you did it. Those are some actions that we can, I think, quite easily relate to. There's quite a large scope of things that we just don't know and we end up doing things like, you know, oh, I took somebody else's drink by mistake and now they don't have their drink. I'll just buy them a new one. It's not a big deal, right? There, there's quite a few actions along those lines. So we have four different types of actions. Actions that are clearly voluntary, actions that are arguably involuntary, mixed actions, and non-voluntary actions. Then another important aspect of this to keep in mind is that for Aristotle, and we're going to talk about this in a separate video, responsibility for moral character, virtue and vice are in fact voluntary. Why? Because it's our actions and our emotional responses and how we do them, when we engage in them, that form our character. It's not as if we have uh, absolute control over our character at any given time, but we do have some. So the arche, the beginning point of our character in a certain respect, also lies with us, especially once we become conscious of our own capacity to shape our character through habituation. So we do bear moral responsibility for the kind of person that we become, whether we're virtuous or vicious or a mix of both or somewhere in between. So now we have a good sense of what Aristotle means by these two very important terms, voluntary and involuntary. You see, it covers quite a lot of ground. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.